0: There are two ways to communicate to other people what you're really like. One of those ways are when things are going swimmingly well for you. And then the other way is, well, when things aren't going well at all. In fact, you are suffering. You're going through some kind of crisis. Honestly, that's when the real you will come out for others to see and to perceive what your relationship with God is like. You already know this, and it's not something that... We really want to hear to be honest with you because we immediately look in the mirror of our lives and realize that during the last disappointment we didn't do too well and sometimes it can be a very common experience for some people and for those it is important for you to hear that for you to know that what you communicate in crisis communicates the real you and that is the podcast title Welcome to Your Daily Drive. I am Rick Thomas. I thank you so much for being here, listening to this podcast. I'm very glad that you listen daily, weekly, whenever we post stuff. I am grateful to God for you, and I would appreciate it if you would share our resources with other people. We have article content that I have been producing since 2008, July the 3rd specifically, That is our anniversary. And I think it was about 2015 when I started podcasting. It was a while ago, and currently we have more than 1,000 podcasts, and they're all on our website. And so if you want to, you can give a listen, as a lot of people uh, like to do. There was a lady on Marco Island who came and sat in at one of the evenings that I was speaking, and afterwards she introduced herself. We met for the first time, and she asked that question. Uh, She's from Iowa, I believe, uh, where that's where she used to be from. She lives on Marco Island now, but she asked if I podcasted, and I said I did, and she would like to listen to my podcast while she runs. And I thought that was that was fantastic. There are other people that do that do that as well, or when they're going to work, coming home, doing running their errands and vacuuming the floor. And so, please let other people know that we do have podcasts. You don't have to read. Sometimes it's a bit tedious to read articles on a, on a phone. In fact, most people consume content on the phone today. And when it comes to articles, they can be tedious. It can be a little difficult to read, but you can listen to them. And that's why I started doing the podcast, because I wanted to give you an audio option rather than just having to read, especially because people read most of their stuff on their phones. And so let others know about that, and that would be great. If you want to read this article, you can do that. What you communicate in crisis communicates the real you, there are at least two parts to every crisis. You could think about it this way. I think this would be accurate. One, what is happening to you in real time and space? Secondly, what is spiritually happening to you as the Father matures you through the trial? This first thing that I'm talking about is usually easily discernible. To anyone associated with the crisis. Your friends, they see what is happening to you in real time and space. This other thing, what God is doing inside of you, well, that's not as perceptible to the ones involved in the situation. Or those who are observing the trouble from afar. I want to talk about this first thing as people observe you in crisis and what is going on in real time and space, but I really want to devote most of the podcast to that other thing, what God is doing in you during the crisis as he's transforming you from the inside out. But this first thing, when when I go through a crisis, I can usually articulate what I'm going through, as well as the strategies I hope to implement to get out of it. I mean, I can even observe what I'm going through, and I I can think about it externally and what I need to do. And from a practical perspective, it's essential for you. It's essential for me to let others know what is happening. You want to share with them your plans to bring the crisis to an end. Your friends care about you. They want to know what is going on in your life, and and they want to know what your crisis management plans are, as well as what they can do to help. And this is fantastic. We're talking about external things, obviously, and this type of interaction is, is typical, and it's expected. It's expected Christian love and expected Christian concern. Obviously, this first thing that I'm talking about is external, it is behavioral, it is what we can perceive, what we can see, but that other thing, you could say it like this, the rest of the story, not what you see and not our strategies and what we're going to implement and how we're going to get out of it, but no, the other thing, the rest of the story, you see, people of faith, we must tell the whole story, which is not just what we are going through in real time and space, it's the other story. That includes your understanding of of what the Father is teaching you as He takes you through the crisis. Comparatively, if you you compare yourself, I'm assuming that you are a believer. By the way, if you are not a believer, you don't know what that means, you don't know how to become a Christian, I would love for you to get on our community forums. We have free forums for you. It don't cost you anything. There is no hook. We're not going to sell you anything. Don't want you to become a supporting member. We want, we want you to receive help. And if you are not a Christian, I would love for you to get on our community forums and say, I'm not a believer. I don't believe in God. But I would like to know how. I would like to know what it means because you make up that, that unbelieving culture, those who uh, have not been born a second time. What we say is to be born again. And our unbelieving culture, they only have one narrative, They can only tell you what they are going through and what they plan to do about it. Like what I was saying earlier about myself, I want to share with you my strategies, my hope-filled strategies for how I can get through this crisis and how you can help me through this crisis, and that is what our unbelieving culture can do. But see, their story is incomplete. It's incomplete in that there is no otherworldly element There is no otherworldly experience for them. I'm talking about a relationship with God. I'm talking about what God is doing in your life, what He may be permitting in your life, what He has taken you through so that He can strengthen you from the inside. The unbelieving culture, they can find their best hope in their strengths, their abilities, their plans, their strategies, their, their endurance, That's where they find their hope. And that is an unfortunate place to find hope because it is finite, it is human centered, it's not sustainable, and ultimately it is not real hope. It may give you relief, but it will not give you what you need to endure through your crisis. But the Christian, the Christian is different. There is an intuitive awareness for the believer that God is up to something. And I hope that you think like this when you are discipling someone, when you're walking with someone who's going through a significant hardship. You want to let them know that God is up to something and you, you want to be careful how you do this. You don't want to be flippant. You don't, you don't want to be cliche-y when you do that. But you want to communicate it in such a way that's not off-putting, but yet it helps them to reorient their mind about what they are going through and their needfulness to center their lives on the Lord. Because here's what we know. We know that God is active. He is speaking. He is working on your behalf. We believe in the active goodness of God on our behalf The Christian understands that the story he is going through is more about drawing attention to God than the real time and space aspects of the crisis. The crisis becomes an opportunity to magnify the Father. You can think about it like this. Your crisis is a platform and you have a megaphone and your crisis is you on the platform with a megaphone letting others know about the goodness and greatness of God. Maybe you can say it this way. It's not all about you, primarily. I added primarily at the end of this because it is about you. You're going through something that's difficult and challenging. I don't want to say that you're insignificant. I don't want to say that your trials are are, are trivial. No, they're very important, and they are about you. But it's 1A, 1B. If the point of your life is more about God rather than yourself, which it should be, most assuredly, the hardships you go through are more about the glory the Father receives than the personal comfort or security you experience. Paul said it this way in 1 Corinthians 10.31, you know the text. So, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do do all to the glory of God." Let's paraphrase that a little bit, give it a little tweak. So, whatever kind of suffering that you go through, you go through for the glory of God. This is where it's important, or it's important for me to to pull out my, my old-time movie projector and play Job's highlight reel. You know Job from the Old Testament. Many of you have followed me for a while. You, you, you know my relationship with Job. I spent four years studying the book of Job some 30 years ago not quite 30 years ago and and through those musings my wrestlings with the Lord as I was reflecting upon the life of Job and weaving my life into his my crisis into his and trying to learn trying to sit in his chair and to see what he was seeing and to perceive what he was perceiving well then out of that I I promised the Lord I said one I will well there's three things I said Lord Please help me to learn what I need to learn. Help me to see what I need to see because I don't want to go through this again ever. And then I promised the Lord that I would take copious notes. I took my copious notes in my mind. They were mental mental notes. And then number three, I said, someday, someday I will communicate these things to others. And then in in 2018, which was 30 years to the day, I published a book called Suffering Well. And Suffering Well, you can get it on Amazon. You can get it in our store. And and this book, Suffering Well, How to Steward God's Most Feared Blessing. I was counseling a guy today, and and he's really struggling with trying to understand the mystery of suffering. And And I was began getting ready to give him my book. And as I was talking to him about it, he said, is that the book, Suffering Well? And I said, yes. And he said, well, my mother has bought that book for me, and she gave it to me. I said, well, good. <laughs> Thank you, Mom, for doing that. I want you to read the book, I told him. I want you to read it, because the things that I have learned will benefit you you, and hopefully it will may give you some, it maybe it will be a modicum of, of ointment to your soul that will that help you in your, in your despair, and so I recommended it to him, but I did publish that book as I began to weave my life into Job's narrative, and, and that's what that book is. It's a hybrid of the things that Job had went through, and, and my life is, is worked in there, and so it's partially as well autobiographical. But when I think about suffering, when I think about going through a crisis, I tend to want to pull out my old movie projector, and I want to look at Job's highlight reel. My old friend Job reminds me of a believer who went through some of life's most excruciating trials. But through all of it, his faith, like a stained garment, it bled through the pain that he endured. Through the years I have found inexpressible satisfaction with Job's faith in God. I am aware, I am really aware, that he was weak, he was tired, and at times he was bitter. He was a grumbler, he was a complainer too. He received little help from his friends, and even his wife could have been a better supporter. God was determined not to give Job explanations for the trials he was going through. And God did not give him explanations for what was happening to him. And it's important for you to understand that. If God made sense to us out of our trials, if he gave us explanations, then we would find our hope situated in in what he told us is going to happen and how he's going to deliver us. But he doesn't want our faith situated in the known, outcome. And so God was determined not to give Job explanations for the trials he was going through because he wanted Job to place his faith in God alone. And Job did. He situated his confidence, faith, belief, trust, hope in a good God who was able to do the impossible. If you ask me what my favorite verses are in the book of Job, I'd say, well, the book of Job, the entire book. But I will share with you three of my all-time favorite faith-infused Job quotes. Now, you can read more about this in my book, Suffering Well, because I talk a lot about this in my book, Job, and some of these verses pop off the pages in that book, but I'll share three of my favorites here. Job 1, verses 20 and 21. And by the way, I spent two years in chapter 1. Such an impossible chapter to get out of. And it was because of this. these two verses right here. It says, Then Job arose and tore his robe and shaved his head and fell on the ground and worshipped. Right after his crisis, right after several crises, he worshipped. You see, when my crisis came, I I could tear my robe and shave my head and fall on the ground. That part's not that hard. But it's this last part. He worshiped. I did not worship God when my crisis came. You see, the title of this podcast, What You Communicate in Crisis, Communicates the Real You. Now, we could talk about Job being weak and being vulnerable and being complainy, being whiny. But what we see here at least in this first chapter of Job, he fell on the ground and he worshiped. And then he said, next sentence, and he said, Naked I came from my mother's womb and naked shall I return. Third sentence, the Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. That is profound. Think about the last disappointment in your life. Probably it, it, it wasn't losing all of your children and losing all of your cattle and losing all of the homes and the things that Joseph, uh, Job went through. But think about your last disappointment, whatever it was. Did you fall on the ground in worship? Did you say the Lord gave and the Lord has taken away? Blessed be the name of the Lord. What you communicate in crisis communicates the real you. Here's another verse, Job 13:15. Hear the confidence in this man. Though he slay me, I will hope in him. And then in Job 19:25, For I know that my Redeemer lives, and at the last he will stand upon the earth. When the movie about your crisis is a wrap, what will people remember? What you did or did not do in the crisis? Or what God did through you in the crisis, will you magnify God or will you magnify yourself? When you stand on the platform of your suffering with your megaphone in your hand, what will you magnify? What you did, that is the world's narrative as they use their strengths and plans and abilities and talents and exploits and endurance to try to get through the crisis. Or will you magnify what God did through you, what he did inside of you? Title of the podcast, What You Communicate in Crisis Communicates the Real You. Here are a few questions for you to think about, and we'll wrap it up. Number one, is the Father being glorified through your current crisis? Number two, what is your spouse learning about your faith in God through your current crisis? If you have children... As your children observe you in crisis, what are they learning about your faith in God? Remember, you're living a life in a community, and maybe you're not married, and maybe you don't have children, but somebody is watching you, and what are they learning about your faith in God through this crisis? Number four. When going through a crisis, do you convey worry and anxiety to your friends, or do they see your transformative faith? And then finally, number five, call to action. What do others remember about your last situational difficulty? Your anger and anxiousness, or your faith in God? Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. And if you want to talk, please come to our website,